like your content won't comment on it. They usually just like it and they watch it and they share it. Oh, yeah. But the people, yeah. right, people who don't yeah. like your content are the ones who comment on it. So sometimes when you read comments, it can feel overwhelmingly negative, but that's not really the case. There are hundreds and thousands of people who watch the content, but they don't feel the need to comment because they liked it. So they just want to share it or they want to like it and move on with their lives. Hashtag in conversation with the North American Association of Indian Students in Canada. In this series, we interact with Indian origin students as well as career professionals across North America as well as around the world. Today, I am talking with Shivani Gokule. Shivani, uh, in brief, can you quickly just tell our viewers and listeners a little bit about yourself, your background, and experiences? So my name is Shivani. Um, I'm a video journalist. I'm currently based in Vancouver, Canada. Um, I went, I, well, I'm a law student, actually. I did my law in India, and then I decided that I wanted to be a journalist. So then I did my master's in journalism at Columbia University in New York. Um, I interned in New York for a bit, um, and then I moved to Los Angeles, and I worked for this company called Attention, ATTN. Uh, we created like these really quick two minute um, videos, you know, that they were all over the rage on Facebook at the time. Um, I really liked it. I enjoyed my time at attention. Then I worked for Brute India for a while. They wanted me to help set up like a, like an attention style page for India, which is a great journey. I really liked it. I was there for like eight months, I think. And then I immigrated to Canada as a permanent resident. Um, so I moved here, I think that was last year. And then I started working for Yahoo News. So I'm like a permalancer for them. I make like three videos for Yahoo every week, just covering breaking news, current events around Canada and America mostly. Um, and I also launched my own series, you know, because of COVID, I was getting bored. I thought, you know, what do I do with my time? Um, and I thought, why, why don't I just create something of my own? Um, and I launched my own series called Broken Down, where I cover news that's not covered by mainstream media in India, US and Canada. Not Canada so much. I feel like my, my Canada coverage is more focused on Yahoo. Mm -hmm. um, so I started my Broken Down series and then I started, um, I became a video contributor for The Quint. I cover like North American issues for them. Um, so yeah, I have a pretty busy life as a journalist trying to cover stories in three different countries. And yeah, that's me. That's amazing. Uh I would say like uh, uh, we were just chatting about it like you actually kind of like have experience of growing up in three different countries uh the us canada and india so i think that's that actually brings a more nuanced perspective and that's what we actually need from a journalist right to actually have lived experiences of kind of desh and videsh uh, right. <laughs> so i'm uh, i'm gonna ask you like what motivated you to switch from being a lawyer to journalism and as someone who has experiences, as I mentioned, like three countries, uh, states, Canada and India, what do you feel about the current state of journalism in all these countries? Okay, that's a good question. Um, actually, the question isn't how I switched from law mm -hmm. to journalism. The actual mm -hmm. question is, how did I go from journalism to law? Because okay. I wanted to be a journalist in school. I, you know, I was writing for my school newspaper. I loved it. And I was, um, I was watching, you know, Christiana Manfor and Barkhadat and all these amazing women, like doing really good journalism on TV. And that's what I wanted to do. Um, but, you know, I, I was going to come to Canada to could do my bachelor's in journalism. I got accepted to a bunch of universities, but my grandmother was sick in India and I didn't feel like leaving her. So I thought that I would, you know, do my undergrad in India instead. I 
wasn't aware of really good journalism schools for bachelors without leaving Pune, which is where my grandmother lives, which was, you know, the whole reason that I stayed in India. So I didn't want to leave Pune at the time. Uh, so I thought, why not go to ILS, which is five minutes away from our house. Um, and law was always like at the back of my mind as a second career option. So I thought it might be worth um, just just pursuing it, just seeing if I like it. I thought if I like it, then I can be a lawyer. If I don't, you know, law is still a really good base as a journalist because you understand social justice at that point. So I went to study law for that reason. I loved it. Like from the get go, I loved law school. I loved being a lawyer. I was sure that I would be a lawyer by third year. So in India, of course, law is different. We have a five years course that starts at the end of the 12th grade. And then obviously you fin you get two degrees, one at the end of the third year, and then the proper LLB law degree at the end of the fifth year. So I think till third or fourth year, I was pretty set on the law. I loved it. Um, I had a lot of fun. But I think somewhere around that time, I started drifting back towards journalism because I interned at the Indian Express. I really liked that. And I thought, well, you know, why am I so focused on the law when I've always wanted to be a journalist? I thought, why not use like my legal career as a base for becoming a journalist instead of pursuing the law? Because being a lawyer, you know, it's hard. I don't want to be a corporate lawyer. I could have become a human rights lawyer, but it's mentally exhausting. I didn't feel like that was the right avenue for me. So then I picked journalism, I think by fourth, fifth year, I started applying for master's courses. Um, and then I, you know, got into Columbia University, which is, again, at that time, I was actually going to move to Canada. And I only applied to Columbia in America, because it's the best journalism school in the world. I was like, Oh, well, if I get in, I have to go. And then I got in, which is shocking. I'm still sometimes I feel like they made a mistake or something. Um, so I went to Columbia for a year. That was amazing. Got my master's. It was a, you know, super great mm -hmm. learning experience and then worked in America for a year. That was a good experience because I didn't like, you know, like you said, I have experience in all three countries. So I, I did want to make sure that I got work experience in America. So I got that for a year, really liked it. Hate American immigration, didn't want to deal with that. They applied for my lottery. It, I didn't make it. And I was like, I just don't want to go through the H-1B process mm -hmm. one more time. So I decided that Canada was a better choice. My dad, you know, like I said, he's a citizen and he wanted me to move to Canada, you know, forever. So I thought, you know, just, just do it. So I applied for my permanent residency, moved to Canada. Uh, I went to India for a bit and worked in Indian media because I also wanted that experience. I did want to work in Indian media for a while. So I worked at Boot India, um, which was a good experience. Like I said, I worked in digital. Digital media is doing really well in India journalism. Like the Quint, Brute, um, Faye D'Souza, who's like a digital journalist, Barkhada, doing a pretty good job. I really like it. Um, so that was a good experience. And then obviously I started working at Yahoo. Um, you know, as far as the state of journalism in three countries, I think American journalists are doing a really good job right now. They're trying their best to cover this election, trying to be unbiased at a time when, let's face it, we're all biased, right? When you think of Trump, there's immediately something that goes on in your brain. It's like, ugh. Um, so at in this time, I think being unbiased is pretty hard. So I think journalists in America are doing a good job. Um, ca Canadian journalism is also amazing. Like I love the CBC. I love Yahoo. I love global TV. Um, I like journalism in Canada. It's a bit slow paced because Canada, it's not like the crime rates in Canada aren't as high as America or India, you know? So compared, I think to America or India, there's just less news to report on in Canada. So I would say that like Canadian journalism has like a slower vibe than American or Indian yeah. journalism. Mm -hmm. Indian journalism, you know, it's just bad.
Yeah. Uh, print is print is good. I still like like the Hindu um, parts of Indian Express are still really good. The Times of India even you know publishes really good articles on and off. Digital is amazing. I love Quint, Scroll, yeah. Print, Wire. They are doing a fantastic job yeah. at a time when TV journalists are doing wow. nothing. Mm. Um, so yeah, I feel like that's the state of journalism in India right now. Where it's, it's confused. I don't. I don't think even journalists know where they're going. They're just sort of. Yeah doing it i think indian journalism uh, like even if we say like uh, over the decade has been really bad but like as of now because of like certain events it has actually kind of hit like a rock bottom in my opinion uh, <laughs> as you mentioned like uh, these digital platforms even i, I love like for me the, the names that you drop like fade is i would also add uh, like Barkha Dutt, again she's like a veteran journalist uh, then these are uh, there's this one independent uh, digital journalist a kind of a platform that's called news laundry that's amazing then yeah yeah I, I like print even the wire and these are like small uh youtube centric uh or even uh, they're like curating their content on instagram and social media they're actually doing some great jobs but again what i feel is uh, the mainstream uh, tv journalists which are the television sets that actually reaches the rural india are still uh being run by let's say the republics of the world ztv and uh, India TV, and those are the mainstream news channels that are problematic. Uh, when you talk about ca- Canadian media, yeah, I, I would say Canadian media is more balanced. Uh, you could say because the country is not going through the turmoil that India is going through, or India has been going through, and the US, it is very, uh, it's a partisan hack, like the Foxes, and then your CNN, MS, uh, NBC, and there is problematic everywhere, but again, I would say uh, criticizing Trump. Actually, journalists are calling on a lot of, I would say, Trump's bullshit. That's what I'm just going to say. But in India, we can't really call on Modi's bullshit. I don't know why. Like, o- just only the digital platforms are doing it. But I, I-, I don't think so. Like, mainstream journalists are living up to that. Well, um, it's also because you get threats. You get rape threats. Yeah, you you do, get you death do, threats. You do, you do, you do. I, yeah. I get trolled on for my quint videos people are like oh my god you're like a libtard and you're like a leftist and like these people where do they come from so do you get this hate from like when you do content specifically on india or any no um i don't create indian content for the quint i create north american content obviously which is i don't mean it to be anti-trump that's Mm -hmm. just how it is but you know modi supporters are also trump supporters oh yeah yeah. there's a weird overlap you know it goes nationalism and uh, in u.s conservatism that's weird right so you get like kind of hate from like Okay, Trump supporters yeah. from the US. Like yeah. the Indian Trump supporters from the US as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's... And they're like, you're a libtard and like you don't really know what Trump is doing. And I'm like, I don't know what Trump is doing. Okay, thank you. That's useful. So you get trolled and that that can be tough to deal yeah. with. Yeah. Um and I don't live in India, so I don't at least deal with like death. And again, I'm not creating Indian content, yeah. but like Indian journalists that are creating Indian content, they get like death and rape oh, yeah. rates um, yeah. yeah on the daily basis plus like so many journalists in india have been killed um i just read about two journalists in bangalore that were arrested you know there's no freedom mm-hmm. of speech and expression um for a tweet you know you get dragged to the court for like one tweet these days exactly. so it's yeah it's like even if you want to do a good job in india as a journalist it's 
it's really hard now because you don't know what's going to happen you could die next day for doing it exactly and people don't want to die you know like people yeah. want to live so it, it isn't even about partisan hack it's just about like journalism is all about just speaking uh, truth to power and right. you can't do it under what's happening in india like especially with the bjp government uh, yeah, it has been like I, i won't say that like the bjp government is the only government that has been just clamping down on journalism but this government has been the one that's clamping down the most aggressively that in yeah, my yeah. opinion i could yeah, be wrong for sure. that's my opinion no no it's it's very true yeah. i feel like journalism over the the last i think 5 6 years has definitely changed mm. in india which i think is tough i think indian tv journalists um have to cater to the masses almost mm. like they are creating like trp based it's entertainment i think yeah. republic tv yeah. at this point yeah. is entertainment yeah. it's, it's not it- Yeah, it's like they are comparing it to like almost like a big boss kind of a show in in a way like how right, you right. tune into like right, right. a big boss or just like a, a trashy reality show at yeah. this point of time like people are tuning into mainstream news channels yeah. especially in India to just get their dose of reality and I think that's true for some of the US uh, mainstream networks too. Canadian I would don't think so but uh, but I'll just tell you one very like quick fun fact like on YouTube whenever I check like any CBC segment they get a lot of hate like on YouTube I don't know why yeah. like yeah. I don't really know like I I always find their reporting to be very balanced very neutral but still so I can't really I mean CBC out. is great I don't know why anyone would hate on CBC like I don't <laughs> I mean I don't get it but but you know yeah. that that that's what it is i feel like there are extremists in every country yeah. um and you know one thing that one of my editors once told me after like receiving like hate comments and i was like you know obsessing over them thinking mm-hmm. like why do people keep saying this and what she said actually stuck with me and it still sticks with me is people mm-hmm. who like your content won't comment on it they usually just like it and they watch it and they share it oh, yeah. but the people yeah. right people who don't yeah. like your content are the ones who comment on it so sometimes when you read comments it can feel overwhelmingly negative but that's not really the case there are hundreds and thousands of people who watch the content but they don't feel the need to comment because they liked it so they just want to share it or they want to like it and move on with their lives i get it yeah exactly so that's a great i think someone also like brought this to my notice it's like uh people actually uh really like uh, so so it's like people who love your content don't necessarily uh, actually comment that it's great right. uh, they just right. kind of share it and just like like it but people yeah. who hate it they make sure to like write a paragraph over it or just kind of like spread i don't know bad mouth it so like yeah. you just see though that that's a pro- problem with social media right like a lot of negative content or anything that's controversial just like uh gets highlighted instead of like the overwhelming positive feedback that like right. maybe let's say one of your videos is getting but there is if there is one bad co- uh, comment that just really stands out i don't know why this right. problem is and how we actually going forward well, um one thing i've noticed that in india people have this um this sort of habit of hate following things i know quint has a bunch of hate followers like they actually yeah. hate the quint they I don't think, like the uh, quint so i'll just correct like I, i think that's not just a problem in the uh, endemic to india that's everywhere that's just a human right. problem right yeah totally totally and like the hate followers are the ones who do this the most and my point is like if you don't like something why are you following it but these mm-hmm. people follow the quint i've noticed so many people that like comment hate on our videos are following us so i'm like you're actually giving us a follow but you're still hating on the content so it sort of mm. feels like they are just following you to at some point shit on you like that's yeah, yeah. that's like yeah. the 
the idea. I always feel like journalists, journalists in general, shouldn't have fans as well as haters, right? Like you should just have viewers. So it's like you as a journalist, if you let's say. Uh, I'm just like I'm just saying that like let's say you are like reporting so you're a human and maybe you made like a slight error in just like putting a fact out right people will just call out call you out but in a like a respectful fashion and you as a responsible journalist will say okay hey, oh uh sorry okay I apologize and I'll just correct myself that's how journalism work right, right. like actually right. your viewers just tell just like depend on you on your credibility they are not your fans and they shouldn't be your they shouldn't be your haters it's like almost journalism are now these actors like actors are following like if Shah Rukh Khan is actually like making a movie even the movie is bad people will just go and buy the ticket right. it shouldn't be the yeah. case with journalism and that's what happening with Indian journalism that's what yeah. I feel like Arnav it's, it's entertainment you know yeah, at this like, point yeah. yeah people just like like haters for Arnav watch him to just hate on him and yep. just kind of fanboys and fangirls they watch him just because i don't know why it's just like pure yeah. entertainment no they just that's like like him are. they're just like yeah arnab's great um and that's yeah that's problematic i think so jur- journalism needs to go through a serious overhaul in india tv journalism i think digital and print is okay they're doing fine i think like mm. a little bit of work here and there for digital and print will fix a lot of the issues that people have mm. but i think tv journalism needs to go through a complete overhaul yeah. you know for example like take take the example of Faye D'Souza right she's a good good journalist mm-hmm. she was doing a good job on India Today mm-hmm. I don't know she was not I think she was on Newsweek I'm not sure she was on uh, one of the TV uh, channels I don't know yeah uh, she was in Mirror Now that's uh, Mirror Now right yeah, yeah she was um and she had to quit because she, I don't think, I. she's never like publicly given the reasons behind why she quit, but it's pretty obvious. I think it's, mm-hmm. it's just difficult to work, you know, when the expectation is just that get TRP, get more ratings, yeah. get this, yeah. get that, create more controversial content. And there isn't that much space for the truth. Same with yeah. Barkhadat. Barkhadat also left mainstream media. Mm-hmm. But it almost feels like, I watched this clip of Arnab actually it's been doing the rounds on social media when he was a journalist I think 10-15 years ago and he was doing a good job he was on Star Mm. TV Star News so it sort of feels like in Indian journalism you take two ways either you sell out and you turn into like this controversy scandal creator like Arnab did or you quit and then you start your own thing like Faye D'Souza and like Barkhadat had to you know it's just that's that's the fate of like TV journalism so until we like go through a complete overhaul I don't I don't know how things will change there. You know, you know, I like I I I actually love actually hating on Indian journalism. I really do that. But I feel like Fox News in America kind of created the model for what uh, Indian conservative journalism is. That's what I feel. Like though though like um, I I feel American journalistic space is more uh, uh, what do you call more mature. So like a lot of liberal establishment actually call out conservative bullshit but in, in india i i feel uh, i would say there is just one uh, mainstream channel that's ndtv that tries to actually call out a lot of conservative bullshit yeah. but again that's just like one like one of those channels and like just vast swath of uh this just media houses it's just like they are just actually hungry for tea obviously and yeah, yeah we, we can actually like, yeah we can actually talk about this like for hours about this <laughs> oh my god uh, me too yeah, I like, uh, but I, I just like a small, uh, just a small uh, question. So, as a journalist of this new age, as a young Indian origin journalist, how do you, how are you na- navigating in this space? Like, what do you feel like? Do you feel overwhelmed by all this, or do you actually enjoy doing your job right now? 
I mean, I love my job. I love journalism. I love creating content. I love educating people. I love when people tell me that, you know, your video helped me. I didn't know what this meant. And like, this is so important. Or like when people say, oh my God, I didn't know this was happening in India. I didn't know this was happening in America. Thank you for bringing it to light. I love that feeling. It's a high almost. I chase it. But it is overwhelming in the sense that like it takes a toll on you. Um, I haven't made new content actually in like two weeks. Well, I have been for Yahoo and stuff, but like my own content that has my face on it because sometimes it's really tiring. I'm like, well, getting up in the morning, filming myself, you know, when like there's so much negativity and bad news happening in the world, it can be really tough. Um, so yeah, I definitely have days where I don't even want to look at the news. I don't even want to think about the news. Um, and it, it, it can be frustrating. I think we're living in a particularly difficult time for my profession right now. Mm. Hopefully it improves. And that's the sort of hope that I'm banking on that it gets better, but I still love my job. I'm not, you know, disheartened in the sense mm. that I want to give up or quit on it. I really do like it. I'm just hopeful that once the pandemic and maybe the American election, you know, once those things pass us by, maybe things will improve and like maybe we'll start talking about normal stuff, which is something that I'm looking forward to. So I think it's it, it's just a product of its time. Like this is a tough time for everyone, you know, journalists, anyone yeah. alike. So yeah, it's just like a tough time. So sort of seeing it through, waiting for it to pass. Yeah, I think like, uh, I think I uh, what I feel the solution for actually a lot of like, the problem a lot of journalists are facing is long form conversation through podcasts, right? So that mm. so so people are consuming podcasts like in a large quantity. There's like millions of podcasts out there in just like a couple of years. And why I love listening to podcasts and I'm creating one with you right now. So what I feel is like though journal fact-based journalism is important, where you're actually reading from a script. What I feel is a lot of people they actually get the nuances and complexities of like how news is created and how news is disseminated through a lot of these conversations that we are having right now that you might have with your fellow journalists or similar such conversations uh, that's what i feel um, that's why podcasts like my, my that, husband yeah no yeah, no it's fine it's fine that's the that's the beauty of like these informal conversations you are live you are at your house i'm at your house <laughs> right it is, yeah it is, exactly it, 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 it's it's not like a small window on a like a mm -hmm. 16 or 20 mainstream prime time slot something like that we are just exactly you get, exactly. You get to speak for yeah. one minute that kind of cons news consumption is actually bad for your brain yeah, so, totally. I think it like boxes you in a little bit. Yeah, it's just like yeah. a starting mass. So I think uh, let's move on to uh, this next question. So uh, I feel Indian attitudes, whether in North America or India, are often relegating professional choices to either becoming an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer uh, as a communication and media student. Uh, what do you think about such social norms? And how do you think we can actually move past such norms? I get it. You know, I get where like the attitude comes from. Like even, you know, since I was a kid, you know, my mom has sort of um, always told me that I need to be financially independent. Um, I think if that's a really good thing to teach your kids. I think it's really important that you tell kids that, hey, look, like you need money to survive. You need to make sure that you're earning a certain amount so that you can live, so you can pay rent, so you can buy food. Those are things that we need to be teaching kids instead mm -hmm. of telling them that you need to be a specific career. Tell them to be independent. Tell them, okay, you want to be an artist, be an artist, but find a way to pay for yourself. That exactly. is what 
we need to um, focus on like i sorry i just got off so i feel this kind of mentality is actually prevalent in north america that's like a lot of canadian and americans like for them they are bringing they are taught that hey if you want to be an artist you can be an artist but as long as you pay for yourself right that makes right, sense right. that makes sense totally yeah. but in india you know that like um, i can speak from my personal experiences and from personal experiences of my friends and relatives it's just like we don't have these conversation we just have these conversation become an engineer doctor or lawyer that's the only way right. to be successful right. well you know I, i i think i got lucky my mom's a doctor she mm. never pressured me into following in her footsteps my dad's a chartered accountant he also never pressured me into becoming a ca i chose law completely on my own there was no mm. pressure mm. i think they were happy about it but they didn't pressure me into becoming a lawyer mm. um i think they were worried when i said that i want to switch to journalism they were worried that because you know journalism doesn't pay as well so they were worried that i'm giving up a lucrative career option mm. to move into a career option which maybe doesn't pay as much mm. as the first one does but i think again um i got lucky in the sense that i got into columbia university mm-hmm. indians are so obsessed with ivy league so it was mm-hmm. like well if you're going to columbia you know it, it's fine even if it's for mm-hmm. journalism so i think that definitely helped um but overall no my parents have been really supportive um like i said my mom is always like um instill like personal financial independence mm-hmm. and she was like you know as long as you're achieving that as long as you're able to take care of yourself you know whether it's through journalism or law you know that's that's fine like whether you want to yeah. be rich or not that's up to you but you know as long as your survival is good that's okay with me so i think i got lucky in that sense um you know my husband is was actually a photographer before he became an engineer and he got super lucky too his parents are super supportive um i think after like 11th grade he decided to be a photographer he was mm. a photographer for three years he traveled all over india you know taking pictures his dad's an engineer and um he he started like playing with circuits and on his mm. own he decided that he now wants to pursue engineering and mm. then he moved to the us to do his mm. bachelor's in engineering again there was no pressure i think if he had been pressured like for example if his parents had put pressure mm. on him to become an engineer he mm. might have burnt out yeah cuz he wouldn't have chosen to be an engineer at that point but when he decided to study engineering you know that was his choice mm-hmm. which i think is really useful like people might want to be doc- like being a doctor is a noble yeah. profession yeah, right course. like let people choose if they want yeah. to do that i think the pressure is what like makes people burn out mm-hmm. um and i think that's where indian parents to some society no i wouldn't say specific parents yeah, yeah, get society, it wrong. yeah yeah um So I think Soham and I got lucky and you know we definitely want to pass that on to our kids as well like that attitude. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I I feel like like with the new generation coming in uh maybe the next like after like a decade or two like uh, like our children that's so weird to say like our children maybe will have like a easier <laughs> time right than us. Hopefully. Yeah. I can speak personally for myself too. Uh, I studied uh, I I'm a bachelor in civil engineering then I actually switched my masters in doing film and media arts my parents were actually cool about it so but again they were exceptional amongst a lot and similarly right, right. i i would assume like even for you and your partner like your their parents were kind of exceptional uh, in that sense but majority this norm is there like being a lawyer being a doctor being an engineer are again noble professions and they are very they are required for society right to actually to function but again you can't really pressure anyone just kind of instill these ideas about just just do what you love find a way to be financially independent while right, doing right. it i think that's the goal right that's the marker that's great i think uh, i want to ask you uh, as a young person uh, i would I, i like this term called thought leader young thought leader 
Um, can you share your experiences as a grad student in Colombia? Uh, job opportunities after taking communication, media, marketing courses. I feel maybe your experience or even maybe a little bit of your struggles can motivate uh, a lot of young Indian students to actually pursue journalism in all seriousness. Well, yeah, that's that's a great question. When I started at Columbia, I was so nervous. I didn't have much journalism background. Uh, you know, they accepted me because they wanted, they really liked like my essay where I said that, you know, I want to be a legal correspondent. I want to use my law background to become a better journalist. And that's why obviously I got accepted, um, which it was stressful because I was one of the very few people who had no journalism experience starting, mm -hmm. especially in America. Like I had some internships, but mm -hmm. nowhere close to the level that these people at club, like my peers were, they yeah. had like worked in media for like a couple of years. Mm -hmm. They had like bachelors in journalism. Um, so I definitely dealt with imposter syndrome when I started. I was like, mm -hmm. do I deserve to be here? Uh, how did I even get in? You know, they made a mistake. Like this is, this is not real. Like this, this isn't actually happening to me. Mm -hmm. So I think I struggled, I think the first two to three months. Um, and then, you know, I think our first assignment was just like, you know, go out into the street and interview people and bring back their interviews. And that was so scary. Like just walking up to strangers and yeah. asking them questions about their personal life. It was insane. But I think as I started doing it, I realized that I'm actually good at this. You know, like mm -hmm. this is what I was meant to do. This is what I was born to do. I always say that. I sometimes feel like I was born to make videos. And I, mm -hmm. I started feeling that somewhere um, around like the third mm -hmm. month in Colombia. Mm -hmm. And then I, then I was fine. It was a struggle in the sense that we were working 16 hour days. We were getting maybe four mm -hmm. or five hours of sleep. Because um, Columbia is a one-year course. It's one of the mm -hmm. very few one-year masters in journalism courses. So they, what they've done is they've solidified two years worth of coursework into one year, mm -hmm. condensed it so that people mm -hmm. can spend less on living expenses because New York is so expensive. Yeah. So they wanted to churn people out faster. Yeah. The thing is that that makes it really heavy. It was a yeah. very heavy coursework yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and it was exhausting. Like I... I have never never survived. I thought law school was hard because you know we were studying so much and we, mm -hmm. I didn't get enough sleep. It was nothing compared to Colombia. The lack of sleep that I had wow. there. Um, but no, it was a great experience. Uh, Colombia was so unique, also in the sense that we didn't have traditional classes. Every single class was like a newsroom, you know, mm -hmm. where a professor is mm -hmm. the editor and we were all reporters. So we would pitch mm -hmm. our stories, get it approved, report. The editor would edit them and every class had its own like website or social media handle, you know, where the stories would then be published. Amazing. So I think that That's one great. year was right. It's so different. Um, I feel like that one year was basically newsroom experience for me. I learned how to be a journalist by actually right. being yeah. a journalist, not by being a student, which mm -hmm. um, was so different and so useful. I mm. love that about Colombia, that they took Amazing. such a different approach. We had pass-fail. We did mm. not even have grades. Got um, it, okay. Because journalism is subjective. Yeah, yeah. You know, like they didn't yeah. want like professors' biases mm. to come into play when you sure. write articles or when you make videos. Obviously, uh, the fail threshold was really high. It mm. wasn't, you didn't fail only if you did like a really bad job. You failed mm -hmm. if you didn't, if you did less than average. So the fail threshold was high, but it was a pass-fail course, which really mm -hmm. helped, I think. It takes the pressure off. Again, in law school, there was this pressure. You need to have first pass with distinction. You need to get above 70%. You need to do this. You need to do that. Mm -hmm. So to go from that into a pass-fail course was amazing. It took the pressure off there. You don't, you're not fighting. No one's coming mm -hmm. first. No one's coming second. Mm -hmm. You are just creating your own content. 
And I mm-hmm. think that was amazing. So I think just the way the Columbia's course is designed is mm-hmm. magnificent. It's one of the best. It is the best journalism course for a reason. And honestly, I wouldn't yeah. have experienced it if I hadn't gone there. So um, yeah, I love that. Uh, as for job opportunities, I think people that graduated with me, that was in 2016, 2017, I graduated in 2017. Mm-hmm. We got lucky because of uh, President Trump, he was elected. Yeah. So they needed a lot more journalists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, people from my batch got hired more than like the previous 10 years. Amazing, batch. So yeah. That was pretty cool. Um, I decided not to get a full-time job straight out of college. I wanted to intern to sort of see, mm-hmm. you know, I, I highly recommend that by the way, for any students that are watching, mm-hmm. avoid getting a full-time job straight out of college. Try and intern first, because especially if you don't have internships mm-hmm. in America prior to that, which mm-hmm. I didn't have, I only had mm-hmm. internships in India. And I'm so glad that I did because I interned at New York Law Journal, which is like mm. a legal newspaper. Mm. And I love it. I love the, I love my boss. I love NYLG. I like mm-hmm. what they're doing. But it was during this internship that I realized that it was not for me. I wanted mm. to make videos. I wanted to make videos mm. for younger audiences. I wanted to create awareness. Mm. Um, and that's why I then, after my internship, accepted a full-time job at Attention, which is what I wanted to be doing with my life. So I think that internship really helped. Uh, job opportunities wise I didn't struggle too much I got an internship out of school and then got a job out of the internship I got my job at Brute after attention and I got the job at Yahoo after Brute so I didn't struggle terribly with job opportunities um, back then but I know that the situation has changed now because of COVID and everything you know Uh, so I definitely think there's a change I I'm I'm glad that I didn't have to struggle too much. Let me expand upon that question. Uh, so that's I'm really happy that you didn't really uh, you didn't really get to struggle with job opportunities. Uh, when I say struggle, especially uh, someone who like okay, so we can identify as ourselves as like people of color, right? So again, like I don't really like putting uh, identity politics into things, but like in my experiences even if you're like super talented, you get opportunities, but there is connotation based upon your race. So when I talk about struggle, do you feel as a person of color, uh, maybe it kind of maybe held you back a little? And I'm not just putting words into your mouth. You can totally disagree with this. I'm just trying to expand upon our conversation. No, that, that's a great question. I think um, because I wasn't a, an American citizen, so okay, a broadcast journalism in America, they do not hire anyone who's not a citizen or a permanent resident mm. because they don't sponsor people. Makes for the sense. H-1B green card, they don't yeah. want to sponsor people. Is that I've, for Canada too? Sorry. Just no, I think Canada yeah. is fine. I think broadcast okay. journal, in Canada, it's more about if you're qualified, you'll get it. Even, um, if, you're, even if you're on your work permit, um, yeah. you can get it on your based on your yeah. state permit. Okay, great. Yeah. Totally. Um, obviously, it depends from organization to organization. Sure. But like generally speaking, American broadcast journals do not hire mm-hmm. um, immigrants. Mm-hmm. So I think if I had been dead set on being a broadcast journalist in America, I would have faced multitude of disappointments because I would mm-hmm. not have gotten hired. There was no way because yeah. I was not a citizen. Sure. I just genuinely wanted to be in digital I love digital media I love um like I said you know my audience has always been younger I prefer Mm. to talk to like younger people so I've Mm. always been focused on digital instead of broadcast I've also never been in super heavy into print because I know that like big print media companies also have a similar problem they don't really hire Mm -hmm. immigrants um 
mm-hmm. like the New York Times, Washington Post, which are doing an amazing job. But mm-hmm. I don't think that they are super keen on hiring immigrants. I honestly, I just didn't want to get into print. But I know friends who uh, really wanted to be in print or they really wanted to be in mm-hmm. broadcast, but they were immigrants, so they couldn't get jobs or they couldn't mm-hmm. get jobs because of their skin color, especially mm-hmm. in broadcast, because like they're putting you on TV. Yeah. I think in that situation, your skin color does play a huge part. I have black exactly. friends who mm-hmm. really struggle to get on camera roles wow. on TV, but yeah. they got those opportunities in digital. You yeah, know? makes sense. Yeah. Um, Right. So I think my career choice helped in that sense, but mm-hmm. I know people that definitely struggled. And, but I, like I said, I've always been focused on digital, so it was fine. But had I been in Christian broadcast or print, I can for sure guarantee that I would have struggled and been miserable, honestly, trying to get a job as a person of color, as an immigrant. It, it was just not worth it. Yeah, I think so. Like, I totally agree with your points and thank you for expanding upon that. Yeah, I would say like, uh, because of social media and because of uh, maybe digital journalism and even because of digital media, uh, a lot of uh, voices from like traditionally even marginalized sections are actually reaching out to a lot of audiences. And that's that's beautiful. That's why uh, a lot of broadcast media and mainstream media, in my opinion, are kind of catching up to digital journalism and even digital media and even digital social media that's that's a great answer honestly it makes no sense to me because um so much of the coverage currently in america is about immigration laws and like immigration in general Mm. why are you not hiring immigrants to talk about this you know why are you hiring white americans who maybe even never even left the country to talk about immigration issues like hire immigrants to do it so yeah it's always been weird, but attention wasn't like that, you know, like uh, they hired me, they wanted me mm. to talk about stories that matter to me. So, yeah, no, I find a lot of companies, they hire you on your based on your talent and skills for sure. And I feel if you're talented, you will overcome barriers that's, uh, that's placed by racism or even sexism or any of these uh, uh, so social uh, hindrances but uh, what do you think about Canada though like we talked about the states do you feel I, I know uh, when we talk about Canada Canada like fares better than in US in terms of how society is structured it's more progressive and more liberal on the paper of course but again Canada does have its problem uh, do you have any experience or do you have any thoughts about it Um, So the thing is, I haven't really been in Canadian Mm. job market for too Mm. long. So I cannot speak uh, for that. The thing is that with Yahoo, though, I had a great experience working at Yahoo. I do have a great because my boss, she's actually South Asian origin. um, And she interviewed me for a different position. And then she was like, you know what, your skills are so much better suited Mm. to do this other thing for us. So she basically created a position for me. Um, So it was a great experience that I had. I haven't. I... So when I first moved to Canada, like I said, I'm a permalancer. I really like being a permalancer. I, now I feel like I have the freedom. I can set my own hours. I can work at night. I can work in the morning, whatever, you know, as long as I meet okay, my I deadline. Know, when you say permalancer, can you expound upon that? I know what freelancer is. Like permalancer is something right. really new to my ears. Right. So permalancer is like, um, you know, freelancers sort of like they write or they like make videos mm. for many, many companies. So they maybe like make one video for Yahoo and like, every two months and then maybe Got one it. video for say cbc mm-hmm. one video for global mm-hmm. whatever permalancers where like i create most of my content for yahoo okay so it's it. i'm like permanently freelancing for them is so sort of do you have, like a, con- do you have yeah. like a contract with them okay that mm-hmm. makes sense. yeah that's that's how it is but it's not a contractor position because it's not 
guaranteed like i can at any point say that i don't want to okay. do this anymore they can okay. at any point say that you know you don't have to do this anymore so it's it's a pretty cool setup um and yeah so i started working at yahoo but when i moved mm. i was working from home and i thought you know maybe i should get like an in office position mm-hmm. um so i i thought about it i tried to look for some permanent in office jobs but then you know covid-19 hit and then hiring went completely down a couple of places that i interviewed for said that you know they're not even hiring anymore like the job yeah. positions have been canceled mm-hmm. um and then i just sort of gave up on the canadian job hunt i think i just decided that i like yahoo i'm going to stick with it yeah. like and this is good it's yeah. good for me and then you know quint happened and then mm-hmm. broken down happened and then i was just sort of like okay you know this that's is fine that, this that's is that's amazing i i actually like kind of like uh, can empathize with you in that sense because i'm a recent graduate from i i did my masters in film and media arts and when covid happened all the traditional jobs they weren't really hiring right yeah even yep. if you're like even if your resume or your cv like stands out like this pandemic is just like heavy for all like everyone right. so that's totally. why like even for me and I, i i i'm assuming for you and for a lot of people we have to kind of depend upon like actually taking uh uh taking charge of our own strategies and creating content yeah. so that it be out on social media that's what we are doing with nice media in, in that sense we are building it from scratch in in that sense that like hey if traditional media maybe are not interested or mm-hmm. because of covid the job market has like shrunken we are creating a space for a lot of indian professionals indian students to actually talk about these things right So that's great like no it's a, it's such a great initiative because i think this is the time you know that's how broken down yeah. was born because i was just like mm. sitting at home bored and i thought what do i do and then you know i just started making videos so this yeah. is yeah yeah we want to like tough... yeah sorry sorry so 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 you go ahead finish your thought then i'll jump in oh no i was just saying like tough times sometimes like you know they say necessity is the mother of invention so sometimes like it has those pros that like you're stuck at home not able yeah. to do anything anything yeah. you have a good creative idea so it's pretty good that way yeah i i want to like promote you as also broken down is your series that's on youtube on instagram uh, no it's on instagram okay it's on instagram okay yeah. great so that's your own brain child right yeah yeah okay awesome so what do you do what do you cover in broken down exactly Um I cover news that's not covered by mainstream media uh, in North America and in India. I don't cover mm-hmm. Canada because like I said most of my Canadian um coverage is for Yahoo so I don't really want like that conflict of interest. Yeah. yeah. Um so broken down is mostly America and India. Uh I talk about like you know I did a lot of many videos about Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. um did a video about child sexual abuse in India, mm-hmm. then did a video about like the rape of a minor tribal girl in India that was that wasn't getting enough attention and like what the mm-hmm. laws are surrounding that, how can we fight it? Mm-hmm. Um so stuff like that that's basically the sort of things that I cover in like quick 5 amazing. to 6 minute amazing. videos. Amazing. Yeah. That, that's amazing like I really like like uh like independent journalists like you they're actually like uh they bring attention to a lot of these issues that like a lot of mainstream media doesn't really cover right that's amazing uh so i think uh we mentioned that you have all, obviously have worked with a few online indian based media journalism platforms uh i think uh i'm just going to ask how have, how have your experiences been so far with the indian based media and uh, journalism platforms uh as someone of indian origin in north america do you feel when being personally invested in both indian and north american politics uh and a small follow up on indian mainstream journalism uh that we kind of like again to mention right it has touched uh, like new lows right uh 
and do you feel young media professionals like you and the conversations that that we are having right now uh can become a more nuanced source of ideas and kind of thought leadership um so uh, yeah like i said i worked at bruton at quint um mm-hmm. again i haven't worked in traditional i've worked i have interned at cnn ibn uh, indian express and times of india mm-hmm. but you know that was 10 years ago things have changed so much since i interned there my internships were fine like i wrote articles you mm-hmm. know for all of them at cnn i covered the sheena bora murder trial so i was able mm-hmm. to like follow the journalist who was like on camera mm-hmm. around uh, when we were doing that that was fine my experience at brut and quint were great uh, i think brut and quint mm-hmm. are two of the digital media organizations that are covering really good news mm-hmm. um uh it's hard it can be hard you know covering news for both india and america especially when there's so much nonsense happening and sometimes i get distracted like you know like my indian friends will reach out and they'll be like hey you you know you didn't talk about this issue mm. and then sometimes my american friends will be like hey you know this happened mm. like bruna taylor happened mm. and then like a new law mm. was passed and i'm just like whoa i missed it because i was like focused mm. on what was happening in india so i sometimes and plus i'm doing yahoo for canada so i i do need to be because that's that's mm-hmm. my paying i still need yeah. to earn money that's where like my focus is so sometimes it, it's like a, i'm juggling the three countries and it can be exhausting i know that i miss news in all three countries sometimes as a result mm-hmm. of that uh, which is something i wish mm-hmm. i didn't have to do but unless i actually yeah. get like a big team and like put people on specific like areas i don't see how i can overcome that problem so it's it's definitely overwhelming um i think like just like day before you know there was just so much nonsense happening people in india were sending rape threats to dhoni's daughter she's 5 years old because he didn't wow. play well in the ipl and that was so frustrating at the same time you know trump would had come down with covid he was going mm-hmm. around outside in cars and like passing mm-hmm. covid on to people saying that covid's not a big deal it just it felt like a lot i was just like the world is ending it feels like the end of, like there is no future for us so i think sometimes i do get like really existential about the yeah. whole thing so depressing yeah um yeah i just try to take a step back and take a break as far as possible but it's really overwhelming yeah i i feel like i feel for like a lot of journalists these days and especially as i mentioned right like as someone who's indian origin who has to be in, who is invested uh, what's happening back home in india what's happening in america and then also what's happening in canada so again it, it can get overwhelming and i can yeah. rightly empathize with you uh, i think i'll just touch upon one thing that i asked you like uh, how do you f- feel that like young media professionals like you and again the conversations we are having uh are these like more nuanced source of ideas and like thought leaderships or do you think they don't really matter that much what do you feel i think it's really important to have these conversations because um it helps to sort of help direct the younger generation like students mm. who you know say haven't graduated yet and they're still confused where they stand they still mm. don't know what sort of journalism outlets mm. uh, to follow like maybe they'll watch this video and they'll be like you know what she has a point like why are we not following brute right now like brute is doing such a good job um so i think these conversations are useful maybe something that i said about taking a break uh-huh. taking you know a step back taking a mental health sure. day can resonate with people exactly. so i think these conversations are important especially you know what i said is about like instilling in your kids the need to be financially independent instead of forcing a specific profession on them i think mm-hmm. these are sort of things that can help inspire change mm-hmm. uh, so i do think that these conversations are really important and i'm glad that there is social media i'm glad that we have this yeah, platform yeah. 
I think I wouldn't have survived in traditional media. I've interned in traditional media. I know what it's like. I don't I think mean, I would have survived. Yeah, I've interned in CNN, IBN, and it was. Oh, you have? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I worked there as a video editor. Uh, I'm a filmmaker by trade, so right. I, I did like. Uh, uh, so are you, so there is a film city in Noida. If people are familiar in oh, India, okay. so where they all the media content as of now is being produced majorly. Right. Oh my God, it was awful. Like people treat you like. I would say shit if you are in India. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the workspace is so bizarre. Uh, and but like this, uh, like actually working as a formal answer, I think it's more freeing, right? And, it's, uh, well, yeah, even at attention, you know, when I was like an in-office employee, I, you know, we basically, we had like a huge patio, you know, we could mm-hmm. go and write our stories there. We were allowed to like take our laptops home and like work on our stories at home if we wanted to. It was really really free like we no one asked too many questions like you weren't like forced into doing something like i said yeah i interned at cnn in mumbai so i don't know about delhi but the office yeah. was really small yeah remember there not being too much freedom it was like you had to be there at 9 a.m and like yeah, you had yeah, to stay yeah. there whatever yeah. and it was that's not my kind of work culture my kind of work culture is like i th- always think of like journalism does have some creativity involved yeah yeah, yeah. i'm not a person for example like i feel like my creative juices flow best in the afternoon or in the evening yeah, so yeah. i want that option of being able to work in the yep. evening i don't yep. want to start work at 9 a.m if i feel like my brain doesn't function mm-hmm. well at that point so i like having this freedom now to choose my own hours so okay. i like i say i wouldn't have survived in traditional media so i'm so grateful that yeah. it will exist now yeah but like good for them like who enjoys actually working in traditional right media. of course yeah no knock on them but the, I, I think, think th- some people have figured out a way to succeed which is amazing sure. like sure. um they are okay with like the rigid work culture in fact so, there are some people that thrive on it which is completely fair there are some people that need to start work at 9 a.m and need to be done at 5 p.m there's nothing wrong with that that's just like the way that you know their brain probably function it's just not yeah. the way that my brain functions so i think i would have definitely struggled in traditional yeah. media so i'm really glad i'm not in it honestly yeah i guess taking away from this conversation i would say like if there is any aspiring journalist out there of indian origin they can like see you uh see your work on instagram and they can get inspired and hey like this person is shivani she is doing something great she's actually kind of figuring out to actually uh kind of merge working in the media space without having to work in the mainstream fold they can get inspired from people like you who are doing this right so that's that's amazing and i think to, uh, we are now reaching the end uh, do you have like a final piece of advice for fellow indian students across north america about anything professional personal social whatever you feel can be of value um don't lose hope you know don't lose hope don't get bogged down by immigration i think that's really exhausting i think the best part about moving to canada for me has been not worrying about immigration like i you know like i entered the country as a permanent resident and i feel so good i don't wake up every morning thinking has my visa been approved oh my god am i going to have to leave the country so yeah. i think deal with your immigration issues quickly if you if you're the sort of person who gets anxiety or gets stressed because of immigration leave like consider canada canada is a great country to move exactly. to yeah. um you know i'm just like don't lose hope and the job market is tough you just have to you know you have to be strong and hopefully you know you always have the option of going back home to india and i think there are lots of people that think of like going having to go back to india as like a failure or something but it's not it's still your own country you can still go to india and succeed yeah. there's nothing wrong with that 
or moving from America to Canada, they think of it as like, oh my God, did I fail in America that I had to move to mm-hmm. Canada? That's not how it is. It's just life, you know, like life takes you hard. somewhere else. Like it didn't work out at that point. Um, don't be too hard on yourself and just, you know, create, if you're interested in journalism, uh, then create content. That's yeah. my only thing. Like start making videos, start writing articles, just push content out there. Yeah, I think uh, just ending this, I, I just like got one thing when you were talking about like, uh, uh, it's not a failure if you move back to India. You know what happened with a lot of people say, Are log kya that one right. sentence, mm-hmm. it's like such a dream killer. Do you feel yeah. that? Oh my God. Honestly, I feel, uh, I didn't personally grow up hearing that too much because like I said, my mm-hmm. parents have been pretty mm-hmm. chill, mm-hmm. but I do know friends and family, you know, mm-hmm. who've always heard that like, oh my God, you're not married. You know, what are people going to say? Oh my God, you came back to India. Like, what are yeah. people going to say? I'm just like, fuck that. Like, who cares? Yeah. It waters what you think about yourself. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Spend half an hour, come up with some witty comebacks. If people say something to you, say something snappy back at them and yeah. just ignore them. That's, I think the best way to deal with it, honestly great like that's great i hope like uh, i had a fun like conversing with you and i feel like people who watch this also feel the same to like they, they get something out of like maybe some value from this conversation and i would be more than like happy to direct anyone who's interested in checking out shivani's work the link will be disc- uh, below in our description thank you so much shivani for doing this and I, I sincerely hope uh, we can have like a follow-up episode maybe sometime in the future or something like that. And yeah, like yeah, some, sure. some kind of future collaboration, you never know. Yeah, sounds good. It was so yeah. nice to talk to you. Thank you so much uh, for arranging this. Yeah, thank you so much. Awesome. Okay. okay.